0: time of the day where we get to bring in our friend Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. And boy, oh boy, you are uh, certainly getting a lot of attention for your headlines, on Then Immigration Minister Marco Mendicino. There's a lot of angles to this we're going to pick through. Um, but there's a lot of questions that are being asked about why he and the Privy Council's office backdated these documents that you guys dug up in this apparent bid to mislead a federal judge in a landmark uh, trademark dispute. He's not talking, and it appears that the documents you are able to get, the records have all been blacked out with a big black marker, except, of course, the date and the emails.
1: Raised by uh, MT Bazan in the Commons Ethics Committee yesterday, that's right, Alex, who pointed out, for instance, in the Department of Justice case, the Department of Justice has asked for a very simple, straightforward question. Records concerning backdating of documents used to mislead the federal court. That, that's not mysterious. That's not nuclear secrets. <laughs> Well, almost 500 pages, more than uh, about 60% are completely withheld. The others are almost completely blacked out, including the subject headings on emails, internal staff emails. That's bizarre. So MP Bazin asked the obvious question, what, what's the big secret? This is public business. No one is delving into uh, the secret life of Marco Mendicino. This is business conducted on behalf of the people of Canada at the cost of the people of Canada for the people. So what's up? You know, the documents we have seen that did somehow manage to skirt the censor are very plain, Alex. Mendicino backdated a document, and the Privy Council backdated a document because they thought it would help them out of a tight spot at an injunction hearing. And when they submitted those documents, their intention was to mislead a judge. Okay. They wanted the judge to believe that an act of parliament was in force, and it wasn't. It's that simple. If this flies This is not the bottom of the barrel. There is no bottom, and there is no barrel. That means if you're in cabinet, like Mendocino, anything goes. It's joker's wild.
0: Well, and to your point, and there are a few more, I mean, uh, Ian Shugart, who was then the Privy Council Clerk, he has failed upwards because he just got a nice little juicy Senate seat. And so, you know, all these people that seem to help out with all the naughty business going on behind closed doors, um, in Parliament, they just go on to better jobs. I mean, this is crazy to me that Ian Sugar just you know signs off on this. This is and correct me where I'm wrong. You know, Marco is a lawyer. He was a former Crown attorney. Um, this is a this is like cr- goes into criminal behavior. You can't falsify documents to a judge. Period. You just can't. That's that's called fraud. Or well, you either get charged or you lose your, your lawyer's license. I mean, the, even though uh, Mendocino is not even a, a practicing lawyer right now, there's still he has to uphold the law.
1: Oh, sure. He's, he's still a member of the Bar Association, but, right. uh, but just first base is the Commons Ethics Committee. I, and only that, that committee has the power to summon testimony and compel disclosure of documents. It's a very simple question. Why? Why? Why would the Minister of Immigration issue a fake news release? Why would the clerk of the Privy Council certify a copy of a fake order in council that was used by government lawyers to mislead a judge? Well, we all know why. It's because they sought to avoid consequences or seek advantage. But we're not even hitting first base on accountability. This is yeah. the basic. We never are do. Are you telling me that we have to start cross-checking, doing background checks on news releases from Marco Mendocino to see if he's telling the whole truth? Is that where we are?
0: Well, look. This is a guy who's going to be under que- under oath uh, next uh, couple of weeks with the Emergencies Measures uh, Act, and he's going to have to talk about you know <laughs> things that he said that were you know not exactly truthful on that. And we know that this is a government that has a problem with ethics; they just don't seem to have any. And so, yeah, I think the answer to your question is you do have to check the documents. Everyone, well, you,
1: you know, the effect of that, Commissioner Maynard, Information Commissioner Carolyn Maynard's testifying in ethics committee yesterday, she said, "I'm just telling you." Growing distrust of government, growing distrust in public institutions, hey, hey, everybody, that's not the Freedom Convoy's fault. That's not Internet conspiracy theories. That's a rational response to what's going on in Ottawa these days. That's the problem.
0: Well I'll be curious to see if the judge who was misled uh, has anything to say on this or whether any kind of actual investigation will uh, take place cuz I can tell you as someone who worked in the courts for a long time judges don't like to be lied to in fact they take it very very seriously.
1: Yeah, I there's no bottom of the barrel on this one Alex. Like you you, you just when you think you're, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel you realize it's a false bottom there's another you, you go it goes down. <laughs> Yeah, it was a false bottom go. the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an endless, uh, endless bottom, bottomless pit. Uh, CRA. Meanwhile, we learn from you guys. Oh, they could have done maybe some screening before paying out uh, claims under the costliest pandemic relief program. This, according to Auditor General Karen Hogan, um, you know the the SERB and all the rest of it. The Canada Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy cost us a hundred billion dollars. And it went way over what it was budgeted for. And the Auditor General is pointing out, like, yeah, we had to rush the money out the door, which is always the talking point we get, uh, Tom. But the AG says, look, there could have been due diligence. You have the records to show which, you know, people need it, which people have tax arrears, which com- you know companies are on the verge of bankruptcy. And yet they did none of that.
1: They did none of it. It makes no sense. It's never been explained. And the Canada Revenue Agency at the time said, we've got this. We got this nail. I can't tell you how prepared we are said one assistant revenue commissioner at the time. This is the program that paid wage subsidies to companies that could claim uh, losses due to the pandemic. It was budgeted at about 73 billion was supposed to aid small business. Somehow under Bill Morneau, it ballooned into a corporate welfare program. For publicly, subsidized corp- uh, for publicly traded corporations, the biggest companies in Canada, mm-hmm. and the local offices of foreign corporations like Air China. Oh, that's great. They got wage subsidies, compliments to the Canadian taxpayer. In this case, we know through various tablings that, for instance, hundreds of millions were paid to companies that owed taxes to the government of Canada. The Canada Revenue Agency approved their claims. No one literally had the brains to pull that filing cabinet drawer and compare it to the next one. Why are why would you pay a subsidy to a company that's in tax default? This is Auditor Hogan's point. Like you didn't even you couldn't even walk and chew gum on this. This is absolutely basic and cursory, which is why Parliament gave it to the Canada Revenue Agency to manage in the first place. That's why they didn't give it to the Department of Fisheries because you guys have all <laughs> the tax records. Remember, you got all those tax records in an electronic database. Big fail here. Guess who pays again? They they yeah. talk about post-payment verification. John Q. Sucker taxpayer is going to pay for that. On the CERB case, that's the famous $2,000 a month checks. Post-payment audits are up to $149 million already. It never ends. It never ends. Yeah.
0: But hey, they got our backs. They have our backs, Tom, and our wallets, and our future, and, and, and. Meanwhile, uh, just quickly getting to this one, because uh, Marco Mendocino's in the news a lot these days, uh, the Department of Public Safety uh, has no specific research. They've admitted they have no research indicating these new gun control laws, uh, you know, that they're bringing in to reduce gun crime will actually do anything. And of course, we're always told it's about the science. We're always told it's about doing what's right. And, and they have absolutely, they can't back up what they're they're promising will happen.
1: No, and, you know, most Canadians don't own a gun, and most Canadians, I think, are quite sort of uninterested in gun regulations. Here's something to grab your attention. These programs are so costly. You know, the shotgun registry, going back to Alan Rock, when oh, God bless him, that cost a billion dollars. <laughs> That's a billion dollars you're not getting for your local hospital. In this yeah. case, a uh, uh, handgun freeze and a ban on imports and a gun buyback program. They have. their are asked point blank, uh, no, no pun intended, in committee. Uh, you guys must have a lot of research showing this is going to make a safer streets, right? No, no, not so much. It's more kind of a hopeful theory. It's it's more a supposition. That's how we spend money now. You, you 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 talk about pay and pay and pay, gun control programs unbelievably expensive.
0: No question about it. Yeah, every all the policy now is built on hope. It's it's uh, crazy, and yet people just buy it, just buy it, whatever. They mean well. (laughs) All right. Uh, I look forward to seeing what else you dig up because you you seem to be on a story that we'll just keep on giving. But again, to your point, uh, it's very hard to get accountability in Ottawa or in any kind of political uh, showdown these days. We'll see what happens. Appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, Alex. That is Tom Korski with Locks Reporter. They get the goods. They are subscription-based, but it absolutely is worth the investment, I always say.